Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Tonight's episode is Le'iloi Nishmas Chaim Yitzchak Ben Michal Shlomo, whose Yortzeit falls today. That's my dad's Yortzeit. And we said in the beginning of this season that we specifically chose the Sefer to honor my dad and also for my brother, Le'iloi Nishmas Menachem Tzvi Ben Chaim Yitzchak because this was a safer he used to learn all the time, so that's what we're trying to do here. So for his yard site, his Aliyah should have a neshama, again, Chaim Yitzchak ben Michal Shlomo. And welcome to the PAL, the show where we talk about a Mishnah from Pirkei Avos per podcast with commentary and practical lessons woven in. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We're going to take a brief hiatus very soon, and then we'll come back afterwards, God willing, Blinetter, to finish off Season 2. Then we'll take a real summer hiatus and begin Season 3, God willing, with the help of Yad Avraham Art Scroll Mishnah Series, doing the third season of Pirkei Avos, God willing. But right now we're up to 524. Hey, just a little bit left till we finish off Season 2 with God's help. Who Haya Omer? He used to say. Who used to say? Yehuda Ben Tema used to say. Az Panim Gehenim. The brazen goes to Gehenim. Uboshes but the shame face goes to the Garden of Eden. It should be your will, may it be your will, Hashem, our God and the God of our forefathers, that the Holy Temple be rebuilt speedily in our days and grant us our share in your Torah. There is a, an a opinion that this Mishnah was a part where the Mishnah used to end, and then they added on the Mishnahs, and then the sixth paragraph, sixth parak, sixth chapter, but we'll talk about that. So the brazen goes to Gehenim. Yehud ben Tema here qualifies his earlier statement advocating boldness in the service of God. As a rule, such boldness is a negative trait since it prevents one from accepting constructive criticism easily and tends to make him chafe against the restraining influence of the Torah. That's from Meiri. Rambam comments that boldness is legitimate when one boldly upbraids people who rebel against the Torah. Even then, however, one must be careful to take such an approach only out of genuine mod- motives. Otherwise, it can lead to Gehenim. Sefer HaMusser summarizes, in the preceding statement, the Mishnah taught that one ought to be aggressive in heavenly matters. Here we are told that in worldly matters that affect one's relations with other people, we must beware of all types of brazenness. Let's look at the middle bottom. Better to be victim than to victimize. Abu Raham notes that in our morning prayers we ask God to rescue us from brazen men and from brazenness. We request that we be saved from others who might act brazenly towards us and from ourselves acting brazenly toward others. It is worse to act improperly than to be the victim of others. This is evidence from Jacob's reaction to his impending encounter with Esav. Jacob became very frightened and distressed him. That's from Genesis. He was frightened that he would be killed, and he was distressed that in defending himself and his family, he might kill others. That's from Rashi. Distress is a stronger emotion than fear. The prospect that he might be forced to kill was more disturbing to Jacob than the possibility that he might himself be killed. That comes from the Rabag. The shame face goes to the Garden of Eden. People with a sense of shame will not sin habitually. As a natural result, they will be rewarded with Gan Eden. Pharisee Israel said that. The Talmud teaches one who possesses the trait of shamefacedness will not easily come to sin. And that's from Nadarim. 
This principle is derived from Moshe's explanation of the dramatic and awesome character of the Sinaitic revelation. Do not fear, for God has come in order to elevate you so that all of him shall be on your faces, so that you shall not sin. And that's in Exodus. Meiri sheds light on the psychological dynamic of shame. One who possesses this trait is drawn toward righteous people and good deeds, since he will be embarrassed if others know of his sins and will be chagrined if his reputation is thus damaged. Pause. People say that Aharon Cohen, the brother of Moshe was able to get people to have shalom bayis, to have peace between each other, between spouses in the home because at one, he would go to one side and say, do you know what he said and what he feels so badly about it? He would go to the other side and say the same thing and then they would be befriended by Aaron and then they would think to themselves, if Aaron will be my friend, then if he knew what I was doing, if he knew my sins, he would never be friends with me. I have to stop doing these sins. If he's my friend, I can't do these things. He would be able to get them to erase their sins and stop their sins because they would be embarrassed if they knew that he knew of their sins and they would be chagrined from all these things. So that's a that's a way also to look at it. According to Rambam, the ability to feel a sense of shame when contemplating sin is among the greatest gifts that God has bestowed upon the Jewish nation. The Talmud defines three traits as identifying characteristics of the Jewish people, as Yavamas explains, shame, compassion, and kindness. Performed with pride, Knesset Yisrael interprets the mission in a homiletic vein, lamenting the distressing contrast between people who exhibit their sordid behavior in full view of the public without the slightest tinge of embarrassment while people who are loyal to God and His Torah are ashamed to perform mitzvahs publicly and with pride. Let the righteous adopt the brazenness of the wicked and perform mitzvahs with pride and elan. In the early years of Rav Yitzchak Hutner's tenure as Rosh Yeshiva of Chaim Berlin, he would agree to perform the marriage of a student only if the young man committed himself to carry his talis and tefillin bag openly, not in a paper bag, as was the custom of the time. May it be your will, Hashem, that the Holy Temple be rebuilt speedily on our days, grand share in the Torah. According to Rambam, and Rav, this prayer is a new request. To our, to our request for the character traits of Avraham, we implore God to bless us also with the rebuilding of the temple. Rabbi Kiva Eger views this prayer as a reaction to the volatile nature of brazenness. While we must employ the, this dangerous characteristic in the pursuit of Torah knowledge, since students who are ashamed to ask questions will not succeed, we are certainly mindful of its detrimental side effects. We would prefer a situation where we could aspire to Torah knowledge without playing with spiritual fire. Hence, we are in for the Messianic era when God will fill the earth with knowledge of Hashem as the water fills the seabed may be speedily in our days. And that's from Isaiah, that verse, so that we will no longer need brazenness as a tool for success in Torah study. The Mishnah gives expression to this hope with a prayer for the rebuilding of the temple. And... According to the Vilna Gon, the insertion of this prayer here is mistaken and actually belongs at the end of the chapter, which is where the tractate ends, because chapter 6 is made up of brises, which were added onto Avos to facilitate a six-week recitation schedule. C61 Chanu Chachamim, as we mentioned before, a similar idea. Mary suggests that Rav Yudah Nasi, the redactor of the Mishnah, ended the tractate here, justifying the insertion of the prayer as a conclusion. The next Mishnayos were later additions. Join us next time as we talk about very important different ages. Five for this. 10 for this, 13 for that, 15 for something else, 18, and then 20, and 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. We're going to talk about all these numbers if you join us here on the PAL with Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.